Hi, my name is Stephen Mansfield, and this is your 15. We are in the second of three 15s, these little 15-minute teachings, uh, on the battle of the mind. And number one, I talked about just the nature of the mind, the mind being a spiritual thing, and how your mind is almost like the rudder for your life. Again, we know the Bible talks about the tongue being the rudder, but that the thoughts that you think and, and the way that you think are all critical to how you live. And frankly, the battle zone of your life is the mind. For almost every single person, the battle zone of your life is your mind. Let me talk about the ways that your mind can be uh, used to bring negative into your life, to draw you into sin, to keep you from intimacy with Jesus, to get you doing bad things, and to allow the devil some access. And then we're going to talk about how to fight back, because your mind is the battle zone. When you come to Jesus Christ, when you first get saved and are just thrilled that he has forgiven you your sins and you come into the kingdom and it's awesome and you're in a church, and got great Christian friends, you're growing in Jesus and he's doing great things for you, uh, your heart changes, your society changes, your habits start to change, but you are still carrying in your mind images that you have acquired through your life, many of which are very sinful and very wicked. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that to rebuke you. I'm just saying that's our human condition. What you need to know is that the stuff in your mind reproduces. It doesn't just stay there. It's not a filing system. I'm in a room full of filing cabinets here on one, one wall here in the studio. And the stuff that's in those filing cabinets, it's not, not affecting me. I don't even know what's there. That's not the way it is in your mind. In your mind, the stuff that lives in your mind expands, reproduces, connected, connects with other thoughts, comes back as memories, cycles around. And then I believe, of course, because I believe in the demonic, that the enemy reaches over to one of those files and says, huh, remember her? Or, huh, remember this day? Or, oh, you remember the, that thing you saw in the magazine? And almost everybody who is drawn into sin, almost everybody who um, has a problem of some kind, I can tell you this on the basis of scripture, on the basis of psychology, and on the basis of my almost 30 years in ministry now, uh, almost everybody who is drawn into some kind of sinful action they would like to avoid it starts with some images. It starts with images. Uh, it starts with pictures. It starts with things happening in their minds, lies they've told themselves, things they've said. It's very, very important for us to understand this. So you come into the body of Christ already with your mental hard drive loaded with images that could do you damage if you don't get them cleaned up, right? Um, to put it kind of in a silly way, if I buy a computer from a guy who had a problem with porn, and I bring it into my house. If I don't clean off the hard drive of that computer, well, I guess whoever uses my computer in my house can see this unclean stuff. We need to get that stuff cleaned off. I'll tell you how, how pretty soon. Then, the other thing that happens is that you're all the time that you're a believer, you're living in the real world, right? I turn on the TV, I wanna go watch the Tennessee Titans beat uh, the opposing team for the Super Bowl. This is my fantasy. That the, Tennessee Titans actually can play football in the next season. And, and so I'm excited about that. But to get to that channel, I got to look at all kinds of stuff, right? Half-naked girls selling potato chips and nasty commercials about with little innuendo and suggestion. And you know what I'm talking about. And then and the commercials for other TV shows that aren't even on networks that we get because they're so unrighteous, but they're advertised right there uh, on the way to the football game. So, you know, you, you're trying to live righteous and then you've got somebody who's you know, just do, saying or doing something. Then, you, then on top of images, you've got philosophies, right? So some of you who are older will remember a song that had a, 
a lyric that said, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you with. Well, I often joke that's the song that la launched about a million adulteries. Uh, you can't be with the one you love, love the one you with. Great. Or if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. That's, that's, there's a philosophy to live by. That's embedded in our brains, right? If it feels good, do it. Well, it might feel good for me to knock you out. It might feel good for me to eat 500 bags of Oreos. It might feel good for me to steal this camera when the session's over because I like that camera and I think maybe I ought to take it home. Do you see how silly this is? You can't live your life according to if it feels good, do it. You have to have some higher principle. That's worldly philosophy. Paul calls it Philippians, uh, 1 Corinthians 2. You've got to have a higher philosophy, a heavenly wisdom to live your life by. So those are, those, are other, those, those are the kinds of things that come into our lives. Then in addition to that, you've got curses. Uh, all of us, no matter how gifted we may be, all of us who are lived, have lived in this world have had things said to us or have begun maybe on our own to believe things that are unrighteous um, and that are not true of us. I was to, I've, to, I've told you this before, I'm sure humorously, in other 15s. I was standing there in front of my sixth grade teacher when she turned to my mother and said, Stephen is immature and retarded. Well, now, that was lovely to hear uh, in the sixth grade. And, of course, I spent years wrestling with that and then made the mistake of telling my friends not too long ago, and that's all they talk about is how Stephen is immature and retarded. But now they're just teasing. Back then, it was a serious curse. I didn't have the intellectual equipment to go, that's not true. Um, or when the angry coach or a parent or a brother or sister says, you're so stupid or you're so ugly or you never amount to anything or you know, or you have a bad breakup with a boyfriend when you're 15 and you say, I'm so ugly, nobody will ever love me. And then somehow, even though it's just something you say to your mirror, you start to believe it. It, it, it starts to accumulate evidence, you know. The enemy maybe, maybe spiritually comes in and says, oh, I'm going to press that one into your soul. This is how these things work. I can still remember things coaches said to me. Now, I had a very successful uh, high school and early college football career. But I can remember negative things coaches said when they were just trying to motivate me. I still have to go, ah, that's not true in the name of Jesus. And I'm talking about 30 years later because the enemy would like to use anything. He'll use stuff from a cracker jack box. He will use stuff from a fortune cookie if he can to draw you into some kind of bondage. So curses, words that are spoken that do destruction to you but are empowered. But you, where are they recorded? They're recorded in the mind. And then finally, there are the, there's the category of things we might call the doctrines or the suggestions of the demonic. The Bible makes it very, very clear that uh, the devil can teach doctrines. Um, it says, for example, in 1 uh, Timothy 4, in verse 1, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, what the demon does not do is, you know, set up in a classroom with a whiteboard and uh, have you sit there and listen to teaching. No, no, no. He whispers things into your ears. He draws you into bad literature. He, he suggests things. He has some guy not teach a certain... Bible doctrine well, and so you go, huh, I wonder if that's really true, and pretty soon you're set up for deception. Many of the cults that have been founded in the world are, um, are absolutely the teachings of uh, demonic forces, and uh, Paul speaks of it, if, if he says, look, if an angel of God comes and speaks of a, of a gospel that's not the gospel I preach to you, let him be accursed. Well, both Islam and Mormonism were, were founded by uh, in visitations of angels. So Paul was almost prophesying some of the primary religions that would oppose the gospel. So it's possible for the demonic to suggest things in your mind. And that's been going on your whole life. I mean, I've been sitting there and suddenly, I mean, without any reason whatsoever, I'm just sitting maybe at a doctor's office or an airport waiting for my plane. And all of a sudden it goes in my brain, your wife is not being faithful to you. Really? So evidence of that? She kissed me. When I left, she, she's called me twice to say she loves me. We've got our vacation plan next week. Uh, she, 
She does nothing. She loves, loves me in every way she possibly can. She prays for me over the phone. She, but suddenly I've got this thing in my head. Where did that come from? It's something suggested by the enemy. Okay. And then there's the final, just the final area of stuff that, gets, that makes its imprint on the brain. And I'm just listing all the ways that things can come. Uh, and that is just by virtue of your sinful flesh. You know, I have another 15 to do after this one. When I'm done teaching this 15, I'll do another. But, but we're told in the Bible that, that the, the body of our flesh has certain tendencies, and one of them is to laziness. So, so maybe when this, is, this one's done, I'll turn to our cameraman, Andrew, and I'll say, I don't want to do that. I'm not, I don't feel like it's God's will. And all it is is my own laziness, right? Just my own laziness, getting my mind to say and do things that are not righteous and therefore build a bondage. You start giving into laziness, and laziness begets laziness. Lying begets lying. Everything starts to take on a life of its own. And where did it originate? It originated in my flesh, you know? I had lunch an hour and a half ago, but maybe if I want to give myself to gluttony, I should go have more lunch now. Uh, maybe I had a little glass of wine last night. Maybe tonight I'll have five glasses of wine. In other words, the mind draws signals from the flesh and the desires of the, of the, of the, of the earthly body, so to speak, and it becomes what uh, the, the mind is motivated for. So all of the, I mean, some of you are like depressed now listening to me because I've now listed every way in which you can be defeated. But we've got to know who the enemy is. We've got to know what the, you know, what the opposition against us is. And we've got to realize that as we go through the day, not even paying attention, not even manning the gates of our minds, just, just all kinds of stuff is flooding in there. And you've got to know who you are. And you've got to know who, what you're called to. And you've got to know uh, how, how to do battle against that stuff. You've got, you've got to begin to use the scriptures to hold things at bay. In the course of a day, you have millions of thoughts. And it's almost impossible that you can consciously guard over even a small percentage of them. What you can do is use the scriptures to cleanse your mind and to make it possible for your mind to not have a receptacle for certain kinds of thoughts and images. For example, listen, I'm a sinner. I'm not claiming any special holiness or status, but I have been around for a while. I have been a Christian for a while. I have a very happy marriage, so I can, I can say this to you by way of instruction. I'm not bragging in any way. Pastor Brett, others would say the same thing. When I look on this, when I'm walking down the street and I look at a woman uh, who is inappropriately dressed, and that's, you know, 80% of them, I'm sorry to say these days. I mean, totally inappropriately dressed. I'm seeing stuff only her, her husband should see. Um, what it does not do is produce in me some desire to go have that woman or to approach her or to find some other woman like her or to, or to, go, or to go into some kind of porno cave or go into some kind of, you know what I'm saying? It does, not, it does not spin me out of control. I know how to adjust my thinking according to Scripture and the truth of God in my life so that that does not do me damage. Okay. Now, the difference between myself and maybe uh, I'm a young man who does not know how to do that is he sees that and it drills itself into his brain. And he's got that image going in his brain over and over and over. He's thinking about it for months, years. I've had young men in counseling sessions tell me about images they saw. They happened upon something. They happened to see something in a movie. They happened to find their father's magazines. Those images haunted them for decades. The thing that we have to learn to do is we're not going to escape this world. We're not going to leave this world. We're going to see unrighteous things. I've, I've seen a dead body here within the last week. Um, I, you know, I've, seen, I've seen wicked things. I've seen blood on the street. I mean, I, it's, I've seen organs. It's, that, that's going to stick with me. But it's not going to make me depressed. 
It's not going to make me think God's not in control. It's not going to send me into an unrighteous kind of grief without hope. You, you follow what I mean? Because I know how to battle back in the mind. I know how to resist the evil imprint of those images. I know how to, um, to think the thoughts of Jesus. I know how to use scripture to battle against the thing I sense come against me that's really a spirit, really a suggestion of the devil. And I also know how to find my soul's need in righteousness. Uh, I have a healthy sex life with my wife. I have a healthy home. I don't have a lot of garbage being chimed, uh, you know, pumped into my home over cable or, or, or whatever. Um, I, I, I have righteous relationships, people who can help me and pray with me and help me, help me uh, get through a time where I had to almost literally pick a friend up off, you know, scrape him off the sidewalk who had died. Um, I've, 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 done, I've seen, I know how to do those things. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. I, I'm, I'm a person who's had his own challenges in life, as I've been transparent about many times, but I know how to hold those things at bay. And the reason I'm describing this is I want you to start paying attention to where your uh, battles of the mind are. Some of you are probably winning, some of them. I mean, uh, there, are one, there are areas in which all of us are strong on something. Uh, I, I'm not bugged by drugs. I'm not bugged by, there are some temptations, you know, just never going to, I'm never going to be gay. <laughs> I'm never going to give in to drugs. I, you know, I just don't, I just, it's never even had a new landing zone in my head, you know? Uh, but other things have. And so you have to learn to fight back. Now, what are yours? Before we end this, the second, uh, the second 15, and before I tell you in the third 15, how to really go after these things, what is the nature of the battle zone of your life? Do thoughts of your previous sinful life come to you in the night? Do, uh, does uh, something innocent trigger something vile? Uh, I can go through a whole list, but I just think it'd be unclean to do that on camera. Um, what, where is it that you have got images and, and little systems thinking, ways of thinking in your head that draw you into unrighteousness? One of my, one of my great weaknesses in my life has been that I come from a very violent background. I'm now, of course, the sweet being that you see before you, but I come from a very, very violent background. And all that was about images. Let somebody wrong me, and I've now got an image in my head of knocking them out or killing them. And that, of course, I mean, people were like that. That's the kind of people that were drawn into Christianity in the Roman Empire. I knew I could be saved and helped. But man, that's hard when you're sitting in church, but you want to punch the usher out. You know, it's hard when you're sitting in church, but you want to punch the guy who's taking your chair or whatever. Those are my temptations. What are yours? What are, what are the things, what are the images? What are the suggestions? What are the forces working in your brain that cause you to go and get the drink or the drugs or do the illicit sex or get you depressed or keep you out of church for six months or just cause you to walk around with a sense of guilt because you're entertaining things? You think about it. You make a list. You start paying attention to your thought life. In the third of these 15s, we're going to knock those suckers in the head. And this is your 15th.